2: Uh oh! Here comes trouble.
0: Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. Here with my man Izzy, motherfucking rock, so pay attention. you, my mad Flavor. So, check yourself before you wreck yourself. These are tales from the hard side Painted so vivid Kicking real life stories Not woven or knitted Izzy Rock brings that rawness To all who listen Dropping heavy knowledge Knowledge And sharing some wisdom Going down that rough road Only makes you tougher It's a beautiful struggle Sometimes we suffer Let the people know You aren't in this alone This talk is deep It cuts down to the bone No fakeness here This as real as it gets Hazardous on the mic Kick it live and direct Spread that vibe everywhere All across the globe The idea's real Simple, there's no secret code. Reach out to the people, spread that positive energy. Because we're all looking for a little bit of serenity. Whatever little part of this planet you live in, these tales from the hard side are now transmitted. Transmitted, transmitted.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to this edition of Tales from the Hard Side. This is episode 180, released on Tuesday, August 4th, 2015. Tell from the Hard is released every Tuesday on um, iTunes, Stitcher, and you can go to theizzyrock.com to check it out. You can go to theinspiredisorderedcollective.com to check it out. Also, fizzbutton.net. And at the end of this podcast, I will feature two songs called Izzy's Homegrown. They will feature two bands or one band, two songs from the Dayton, Ohio area. And it's on FizzButtonMadTown on FizzButton.net on Wednesdays. You guys can also go check out the other podcasts I'm involved in on The Block with Scott Epic and the Gym City Podcast. And also, go call the voicemail at 937-265-2024. That's 937-265-2024. And the man I have on with me today is one of my oldest and dearest friends, he was the best man in my wedding he taught me how to drive uh he is the person that i went to so many concerts with and shared so many memories with Uh, i want to introduce for the first and not the last time and we to to go behind the scenes we've already recorded a podcast but we were kind of doing a test and then we just started talking and then we recorded a podcast so this is the intro after the podcast so we're going to do our proper intro, and then I'll do a little editing, and we'll go right into the podcast. So you can go check, uh, follow me on social media at the Izzy Rock, and go to TheIzzyRock.com. This is Jason, one of my oldest friends. What's up, dude? What's
3: up, Izzy? Good to talk to you, brother. Love to hear your voice. Makes me so, so happy. Yeah, this is Jason. You can find me uh, at Jason, Jason, Jason Dub, Yeah. So you can you can figure it out, but J S U N D U B. Anyway, uh, yeah, bro. So good to hear your voice. Yeah, awesome.
1: Man. Well, hey, let's, should we should we go ahead and play the podcast for these guys?
3: Let's do it.
1: All right, guys. Well, here's the podcast that we just recorded. Uh, Jason will be on again. Uh, the, like I said, this is episode 180. Holy shit, 180 episodes. All crazy. Right. It is crazy. All right, so here, here's here's the podcast
3: since about five six o'clock so
1: no worries what uh yeah florida always gets uh, a lot of storms what's what's um like is it been really really a rainy season right now or how's it going?
3: uh no i mean i don't know it, it's it's been par for the course a lot of afternoon storms um or you know Actually, storms have been kicking up about six whoa, that was huge. Massive thing of lightning. Um whoa. Wow. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. I Holy did. shit. Dude, I saw um so I was in the bathroom. I saw the light flash. Then I walked into the bedroom here and three or four seconds later, the boom. So it's pretty far away, but uh but uh, yeah, six, seven, eight o'clock. We've been having a lot of storms, you know, kind of roll through and and whatnot. But I don't know, just not not as much rain as you guys have been having. I think is what I heard. It's been, it you know, it's been the norm down here. You know, highs in the low nineties and in uh, you know lows in the upper seventies at night. So I mean, it's just I love it, dude. I Terry Terry or Izzy Izzy or whatever. <laughs> let's let's back up. I'll, I'll do that. So I am not going back.
1: Oh, I believe to there, it, dude. Yeah, to that place, yeah. son. No, I, bu- I, bu- I right. believe it. I believe it, yeah. Trust me, being down there when I was younger, there was many times I Shit. I tried to convince Amy to move to Florida, and it just it never happened. And uh, it was definitely a place that I was, had on my sights for a long, long time.
3: Right. you actually caught me at a good uh, spot, because I was about to go up to this pub uh, that would – be having the uh ladies world cup on um but i saw that they're kind of blowing japan out right currently it's like 4-1 i think nice um so so have you followed that at all or do you watch soccer or
1: um i do well somewhat uh let's see um i haven't really paid much attention to it because i don't get satellite cable or anything like that and um a lot of uh a lot of the news sites I follow pretty much are on social media or I'll go to Reddit. And I don't watch a whole lot of actual news. So it's kind of like I have to seek it out if I if I go find it. Like when the NBA finals were on, we I was going and seeking out the information about it and actually watching the games and stuff. So I'm kind of like in a bubble um, with what I consume and what I know what's going on. Which is kind of sad, but also it gives me a lot of relief.
3: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I only saw the Ladies World Cup matches um from just being out at different restaurants or bars or the gym, you know, where they have all the TVs up. So, um that's where I've caught most of it and I don't even really have a TV here at home. So, um that's what I was going to do, just, you know, pop up there and have a couple and and be social and then, you know, maybe catch a little bit of that, but Man, 4 to 1. That's crazy. Wow. There's another flash.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, and I saw it.
1: So now are you are you watching soccer cuz I know you were uh you were a fan of um tennis back in the day and you were always a fan of football. I remember you following football back in the day.
3: Yeah, I really really enjoy uh soccer actually. Um or football as the, you know, Europeans call it, but yeah. down down here especially there is just so much more um, exposure to it. And then of course, Orlando got the uh, major league soccer, uh, team last year or whatnot. So this is their first year as a, you know, they were, a, I think a minor league team or something. They made a push and there were, I think there were like five or six cities and we beat out Atlanta actually. I think Atlanta and, and maybe, I don't know, somebody else, New York or whatever. New York already has a couple teams, but regardless, um, yeah. So Orlando City has a uh, a team and wow, it's, it's, it's hopping. And, and you know, the cool thing, I actually, I was going to an Irish pub frequently, a little neighborhood place and and they would always have Premier League on, which is um, basically European, European, uh, you know, just football constantly, whatever on. And I would sit there and watch it and be like, this is great because I understand the game. You know, I, I knew I used to work with a guy who played a lot and And uh, I've never played it myself, really, but I appreciate it. It's a lot of sprinting and running around. The players are so fit. And then um, there's no commercials. There's no commercials, my man. It's like you have commercials at halftime, but they play for 45 minutes, and there are just no commercials. And it's fantastic. And American football is just so horribly overly commercialized and there's a commercial every two minutes. And it's just, ugh. I, I, I mean, I, when, I, when sent and I used to watch football, you know, and I, I'd, I'd watch Dallas, you know, being a huge fan of them. And she was a big fan of the Colts cause of Peyton, I guess, or whatever. But, uh, when we would watch that, you know, we'd watch stuff and, and when commercials came on, I would literally switch over to my Apple TV which was streaming music from my uh, Mac and my iTunes library. And we'd listen to music, you know, and mute the TV. And then when the game came back on, be like, oh, okay, you know, let's unmute the music, you know, whatever, and go back over to that. So, um, so yeah, I, I just, I'm just so not down with commercials. Wow.
1: (laughs) I heard that one, dude. Dude. (laughs)
3: Yeah. These are kind of the lightning. Like I thought, I thought Ohio got some, uh, some storms and whatnot, you know, coming through from the Midwest and all that jazz. But down here, it just, the stuff just, it, it just comes out of nowhere. It's not like, I mean, there's sometimes where it's coming off the Gulf and all that, but man, most of the time it's just little things that flare up. And then there's these gigantic, you know, lightning things and they straight up kill people. I mean, so when it's doing this kind of stuff, you just don't want to, don't be walking around outside or especially in the pool like if 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 you're at the pool and it's raining you know but it's a hot day and it's raining that's fine and you can deal with that you know quick rain shower or whatever but once you hear lightning or whatever that's when everybody gets out of the pool like yep okay we know better so
1: yeah yeah when i've been down there before to uh, uh during the thunderstorms and things like that and it gets like you could plan a day for the beach and it's you could have a, a quick rainstorm, and it's fine. But, yeah, man, once you see that lightning, you got to get inside and get away right. from nature. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it will light you up. It will. Yeah, soccer, dude, became I, – I wasn't really a fan of it until a couple years ago when Zach started playing. And watching him play, he just gives his, his all at um, any sort of sports that he does that he's in. Nice. Riding. And, and right. w- watching soccer, we would um, – tried to learn all the techniques and all the rules and everything. And we actually started watching a little bit when we would, when it would be on TV or we would play FIFA. And so, yeah, man, I mean, I could definitely see the appeal. I remember going to Cleveland uh, or no Columbus for our family get together. And we stayed the night up there. And then the next morning we woke up and it was um, soccer from another country, but it was like, you know, I know how dedicated those those people are to uh to their sport. I mean, we're dedicated to the sports that we enjoy over here, but they take it to another level. Oh,
3: absolutely. And they but they they have I mean, they I don't know, they incorporate a lot of cool elements to it. Um like, I don't know, just ch- the chanting and drums and music and percussion and all that, you know, they it just I mean, it's really—I don't know—I I have a lot more fun. Whereas, versus everybody, you go to kind of a normal football game, and everybody's just kind of—I don't know—drinking beer and doing whatever. But uh, these kind of things that they—they—I don't know—it's—it's it's a different vibe, and I really, really like it. And I—I've I've always been very open-minded to, um, you know, international or different, I guess, cultural, you know, viewpoints and and god, I don't know. Just ways of seeing things and and you know, we have more than just our strict little, you know, window of whatever we do here. There's there's a big world out there and there's a lot of other humans on the planet and they, you know, it, it it's just there's there's a lot more ways of looking at things. So, always down with that.
1: Have you, you always that. been that way, man? Have you always uh like looked at the world that way?
3: Uh god, I don't I I really don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever really thought about it to ask myself that. I just know that I've just always been very um, laid back, open-minded. And of course I'm somewhat, you know, strict as far as, Oh, I have to do things this way and this way and all that. But I, am also very go with the flow and, and uh, I don't know. You tell me, I mean, you met me when I was what, 16, 15 or whatever. So (laughs) I, I mean, what, Tell me I mean, what's the first thing you notice about me when you met me? and this is something I want to ask you because this is a question that was on a dating site thing like, oh, the first thing uh, somebody notices about me is this blank, you know what I mean like and I never know how to answer that because it's like uh, I don't know uh I'm tall, I'm pale, blue eyes, whatever I don't you know I don't know like like uh what what you tell me?
1: I don't, I don't know. I, I can't re- remember that far back as far as like a specific thing that I noticed, because uh, g- you know we, we started working together when we were in our teens, and right, uh, I, I was having such a confusing life at that time, and right. confusing outlook on life, and just how I went about things was totally different
3: and so um, what what about what about socially then
1: what? um well i i always thought you were really cool man like the thing that the thing that i loved about hanging out with you and and kind of wanting you to be my friend uh back then was that you you were the person that you weren't an asshole for one um where a lot a lot of people that grew up in the neighborhoods that we kind of grew up in in dayton had an attitude of always waiting for somebody to stab them in the back or oh, right. there was this, this distrust. I remember a lot of my friends, like, uh, there was a lot of distrust with, like, guys wanting to fuck your girlfriend or something like that. Um, but I never experienced that from you. I Like, you seem like the type of person that you came from a, a good family, a family that uh, was together, for one, which was weird amongst um, – well, I guess it wasn't too weird because uh our friend matt was also his family was also together, but right there was a lot of dysfunction and you 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 were a nice guy, you were into uh music and going places you were actually the first person um of my friends that drove, and so you kind of had the access to get his places. And uh,
3: I did drive y'all everywhere, man. <laughs> everywhere,
1: dude. You were the you were the very first person to to have a license and drive and, and go out places on a regular basis. I mean, we had friends that had cars and stuff, but it wasn't like like they weren't our close, close friends to be able to to at least take me out. And so having you as somebody that was I considered a friend, we had a lot of the similar interests in music. Like, I was always drawn to how open minded you were about um, culture. And uh, like, even when I was closed minded, you would point me in in the direction of how um, ignorant that that, that outlook is, or my outlook on music, where I that kind of metal head outlook that a lot of metal heads get, where they're like, fuck all other music but what I'm listening to. Like, all other music sucks. And then you opened me up to this idea that. Like that's just your opinion. Like just just because you think it sucks doesn't mean it actually sucks,
3: you right? Know? So yeah. So I guess I I guess I've always to circle back to answer your question. I guess I've been like that for some time. And I don't I don't know how that comes about or or whatnot. Or you, you don't really kind of analyze that and think that about yourself. So wow. Is that a vibration?
1: That <laughs> was yeah. it, because it's hooked up to um, because of how I'm reco- how I record my stuff. It's hooked up to my iPhone, um, so uh, it's hooked up from the iPhone directly into the Zoom. So you're gonna hear like if you guys hear a vibration, that's somebody sending in a text or something like that. Um, but does your? It's all good.
3: Oh, so you have your settings um, at the you know vibrate on silent or whatnot?
1: Right. Right. It must be. Gotcha. Yeah. It looks like it's a Facebook update.
3: Oh, I gotcha. You You can probably turn that off.
1: Yeah, I probably could, couldn't I? Um, but. (laughs) Yeah, you you were just you were that person that I always looked up to as somebody who was kind of a guiding light for me. You know, you you were were the person that kind of you changed my attitude about how how I looked at a lot of how i look at life um
3: wow thanks bro man that's really i don't know i've never really knew known that about you as far as uh you felt that way
1: yeah dude well you know you you reflect on when especially when you're planning on having a having a conversation with somebody that you've known for such a long time You know, i just turned 42 and when you look at your life and you look at um, you start reflecting and you reflect on the relationship the relationships that you have, and you realize like as you get older it it 's so hard to um develop meaningful relationships with people because of family, because of obligations, and just because over a period of time you don 't know who to trust and you don 't know who's who 's out for what and you know your interests can be varied as far as what you're into and so to find that combination of person that you can call your friend and call like we could pick up we just like now we could pick up and, and talk to each other after not talking to each other for a long time and it's like we never stop talking to each other right do you know what i mean like there's certain, i do there's certain people that you come across in life that you're like this is a person that i'm drawn to um, it's funny last night that, um, now that we're talking about that, I'm, I'm thinking about something that happened last night at, at, fireworks. We were with, uh, Scott and Jessica in this roped off area. And I have a pretty bushy beard right now. And, um, all of a sudden this dude sits down next to me and just starts talking to me forever. Dude talks to me about beard balm and talks to me about, uh, this and that. And Amy was telling Jess, I don't think people would ever just come up and talk to me like that. And she told me she's like, it's like that all the time for for Terry or for Izzy that people people will come up and they'll talk to him, uh, unlike anybody I've I've seen. So for me, I've always been open and had my like heart open to people and to to ideas and things and attitudes. And I see how some people are so like um they they they're so closed off or they don't really know how to connect with people and i think one of the things that i i remembered about you is how connected you were how you like i don't remember you having any enemies i don't remember you having any beats with, with anybody you were always kind of zen about situations or or life you never seemed to have the angst in the anger that a lot of other people that I knew had, even though you were in the metal and stuff, you never seemed like that angry rebellious teen. You know what I mean?
3: I had a lot of that going on, but it, I, I keep it really, really internal. And it wasn't until later in life that I actually learned that I need to, uh, share that with people. So it's not causing me such discomfort and grief. Um, and back then I just, I bottled stuff up so tight and I mean, even God, even till like even a few years ago, you know, I, I was still kind of that way. So, but through life events and everything I've, God, I just, it's, it's funny as you age, I don't know, there's some sort of saying about this, but as you age, um, or, or was it, was it Joe Rogan that said that? I don't know, there's somebody that recently, I just heard that, or it, maybe it was, uh. Chris Ryan, but talking about, you know, the wisdom you get when you get older and how, how appreciative you are of it and what you've learned. But then at the same time, your body is, you know, going, you know, doing its thing, the biological thing. And you're like, damn, like I was just, I was just like figuring this out. You know what I mean? Here you're like 80 or 70 or 80 or 90. And it's like, I was just figuring this out, you know, and and why, you know, why has it got it in now? You know what I mean? And, and, uh, so the point of that being that I forget because it's been that kind of weekend.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, you were like, um, um, going back early on, I can, I can remember, um, we were willing to go out and do things that other, other people would find um, uh, debaucherous or they would find like, Oh, something's wrong with those people if they want to party like that. Like I remember go like we would have these epic parties that were just like, it, w- it felt cool to finally be involved with a group of friends who, um, who were pretty cool. Like Matt going over and hanging out with Matt and going to this, like the first time I ever got alcohol poisoning, uh, which now that my my oldest son's going to be 16, I look and I'm like, man, I was not ready for a lot of what I experienced.
3: Right, yeah.
1: You know, a lot of what I experienced was kind of, I was sheltered a lot and when it came time to make adult decisions to to choose to do things or not to do things. I was smart about not doing certain things, but I was wide open to other experiences. And one of those experiences was like going to concerts. Um, And you were one of those people that, uh, like we we said earlier, you you drove and you also loved music. And we had a group of friends who all, we all loved music. And from an early age, dude, I, I would say 17, 18 we were going taking road trips or going to Hair Arena and seeing like all these major shows where if people would look back on it now and they're music fans, like we saw some classic, legendary shows. Um what were some of the memorable shows that you have from from those time periods of being, you know, a teen and early twenties?
3: Um, so I would say well we were in a pretty good spot because a lot of shows would come through, um, not so much to Dayton, but you know, Cincinnati Columbus. So we didn't have too far to, uh, experience them. Uh, and, and the first that really sticks out in my mind and you weren't at this one, I don't believe, but that was pink Floyd, uh, at the, <laughs> at the Hoosier dome.
1: Yeah. I wasn't uh, there. I, I didn't go to that one.
3: I went to that with Matt and his brother, his brother drove that crazy Monte Carlo and, and, I mean just like I don't know he he was crazy but anyway that that was amazing um and then there's tons of others I mean speaking of Indiana the uh the Ozfest with uh, Tool oh gosh
1: oh, I forgot That's... that you were at that show with me that
3: what? Yeah. oh my god yeah dude I you know I went there with uh Matt and Justin and uh this other dude and in Justin's uh 1970 uh, Cutlass Supreme convertible, um, and the top was down on the way there. I got so burnt, and then and then you know being there, well, uh, combination of like going there with the top down, and then being out you know in the thing all day with the concert all day with you know obviously, you know whatever. Um, yeah, that was insane. I mean, I, I mean Ozzy, Ozzy doing his set like his Oz Ozzy set. And then Black Sabbath after it was spectacular, so much fun. He is – is he still alive? Yeah, yeah he's still yeah, alive. He's still, he's still oh, my alive. God. God, that was, that was fantastic. But Tool, Tool coming on like at sundown or right before sundown. And I, I mean the, the tribal kind of <sighs> euphoric yet, um, I don't know, just insanity that, that went on. You know, people starting fires, dancing around them, throwing the sod. Like, I mean, I think I've heard you talk about it on a, a previous podcast or something, but that was, that was insane. And Tool is, I mean, that, that's a group right there, a group of individuals, a group of uh, artists that I so revere because they have, they, they have just transcended um, what the kind of norm, you know, rock band or whatever does and and you know it's a shame they're not really doing anything right now but uh wow i mean
1: well i think i think they are making an album right now are they really yeah i think they are making an album at, at, at this time i think uh they're actually recording the music part of it and then once they're done with the music they uh, maynard will he he'll go in and he'll he'll do his thing but i'm pretty sure that they they did those and um speaking speaking of tool that was uh like that indiana show like I'll speak for myself. I was on uh, quite a strong dose of LSD that I can remember. Uh, I I took before, um, like right around when maybe Limp Biscuit was playing, maybe Soulfly was playing, but like shortly before Tool started. So it was like settling in as Tool was playing, and I can remember the sun going down like you described and this intense feeling where the music was so intense, the lights were so intense, and my body was just reverberating with all this energy and all this stuff going on, all this chaos around me because the look on fear as pieces of sod were flying over the heads of the people that were sitting in the, in the seats, which is where I was. And then I think we left those seats and then moved to a different area and we looked out on the lawn, there's all the, all these bonfires. And, um, like it felt like a religious experience. It felt like to me, like it was a life changing experience. And I, The funniest thing for me, and this, I do remember you being there with this moment that after it was over, we, we met up, uh, there was a dude who came up to me and actually tried to sell me acid. And when you're actually on LSD, and then somebody's trying to sell you LSD with the whole propaganda and the drug war, like I actually got paranoid for a second, and I ended up telling him I'm I'm already on it. He was like, "Oh, okay, never mind." But that that show, I just remember that show, like leaving an imprint where today I consider that performance from Tool the greatest thing I ever ever saw musically
3: and i think because it was outside outdoors it was summer um you know i think also ever there was this massive um something in the air everybody was so anticipating wanting to see tool i think a lot of people were there to see tool and i mean god i like i said there, that's the, the you know that's if you've ever seen my instagram account and that's at jason dub j s J S U N D U B. But anyway, if you've ever seen my Instagram account, I'm I'm just infatuated with that time of day. I mean, the golden hour is what they call it. Um, there's just there's just an electricity during that time. It's, it's 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 wonderful. And then so they're playing. They come out, you know, with and you can explain this better than I can, like how they came out and started and all that. But but it was um, there's just there's just this. Amazing electricity, and and it's not like uh, you know uh, you got shocked on a you know light socket or whatever. It's it's literally being in a sea of people that there's this amazing vibration of just I don't know I don't know how to explain it, but wow! And then and and then it's like waves of things happening. Like it was literally it felt like waves because the way they were the way they came out playing music it was. I don't I don't even it was something it I don't even know if it was a song, if they were just jamming. I don't know what they were doing. It was it was just something, it was just like slow and it was like a wave kind of crashing on a shore, and then all of a sudden, you know, like things start happening and fires start <laughs> starting and like the crap, the sod gets thrown and it's like, what is going? What am I in the middle of? Yeah. It's it's it was it was definitely unprecedented as far. And we went to so many shows, you know, and and we'd probably been to more than fifty or whatever by this point, and and um, just just insanity, and the fact that it was out, like I said, outdoors and summer, and I think all that added to just you know, and Deer Creek was always so much better than the other uh, place in Ohio that was very similar. Deer Creek was just kind of more, I don't know, it was just a funner funner experience for me when i went there so
1: it it was it seemed like a more freeing place to be than say columbus or cincinnati
3: yeah
1: and going to that show like that era of music that we went to where you had no cell phones you had no people holding up their phones during the shows recording it was all everybody living in the moment just living with their memories instead of being on their devices uh sorting, sorting that out and so I think that I hold on to that a little bit as well, that, you know, depending on what your memory was from whatever show you saw during that time period, from whatever perspective you saw it from, you know, you could have had a horrible relationship with somebody that that night, been with your girlfriend or boyfriend and had a horrible night. That night I was with uh, my future wife and we were with friends and then you guys were there as well and just just to look back on on those times and um those types of Ozfest shows or Lollapalooza shows or anything like that was kind of cool because you would roam around and it seemed like everybody was free spirit it seemed like everybody was really open-minded and to be young at the time it seemed like um it seemed like something really special was going on now that i look back on the early 90s and the 90s stuff that we went and saw i realized like in the history of music in the history of uh shows and things like that we saw a lot of shows that people will look back on and go those are legendary and i would say that tool show to to myself i would consider it legendary and to the point where we we drove five hours to go see tool in in knoxville um you remember that show
3: yeah absolutely
1: yeah, that show was crazy to to drive that far, and to see them in, in a in a strange environment, and then to drive straight back instead of staying in a hotel. That was that was a bit intense.
3: Yeah, going through the mountains, you know, you don't realize how fast you're going, and yeah. So, uh, but Knoxville was definitely a cool show as well. I mean, anytime I've seen them, it's just it's just wow.
1: When's the last time I, you saw them?
3: I don't I don't recall. I don't know. I really don't know. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, I think the last time I saw them um was probably in uh the early two thousands with you in Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, that's the last one that's coming to my mind. On the was it that the Ten Thousand Days yeah. tour? Yeah, yeah. Or the Later
1: Lateralis. Okay. No, it might have been Lateralis. I don't think I saw them on Ten Thousand Days.
3: <sighs> oh, I mean, as far as just from an artistic standpoint, their view, I mean, the fact that they have, you know, they had Alex Gray, who, you know, was an amazing artist to be introduced to by them, you know, uh, a comedian, you know, in, um, uh, what's his name? Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks to be introduced. I mean, I, that, that's what's so amazing through this rock group, we we were introduced to an amazing artist you know an amazing comedian an ama- you know you know just other other basically artists of different you know um jobs or professions or whatever but that's that's what's so cool about it and and jeez man i i really really connect with them i really understand where they're coming from i have a lot of respect for them and
1: you know they, and they also had a sense of humor as a band, and they they had this mystique and mysteriousness that a lot of bands never capture, you know, like you never knew which way their music was was going, you never knew oh, yeah, like exactly what they were talking about, even in their interviews, you never could really take maynard seriously um you you kind of figured he he was he despised a lot of. Uh, a lot, a large portion of the of the fan base, you know, it seemed like right. that, there was a lot of the fan base that
3: sure, because he's super intelligent, and and you know the 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 whatever the the drunk dumbass that you know is just whatever. I I totally get that, and and um yeah, but continue. I don't know.
1: No man, that's a, that, it. That was, a, that was an interesting time going to those show, shows, especially Tool. And then Pantera, to, Pantera was the other band that we really took to the road and became like Pantera fans when, when they were really blowing up. And then now looking back on them um, as an older person, you realize like Pantera was probably one of the last great big metal bands. If, oh, yeah. if not the last great big metal band,
3: well, I mean that's that's all subjective. It but... is sub-
1: it is subjective. It, maybe I'm older and I'm like I don't know some new <laughs> new. But I'm sure that has something to do with it. But it, right. like if I look back on my music history and me paying attention to a lot of like metal that was in in the top Billboard top 100 or anything like that, like Pantera seemed like that last hard band that really crossed over into kind of mainstream but weren't really even mainstream.
3: Right. And they were just down earth dudes that just loved to party and uh, you know, rock out. And that's I think what how we I think that's what we really kinda connected with them on, you know. I mean that we saw that, you know, I think their first uh their first not their first album, but their first kind of major release album that we were the Cowboys from hell released when they did, they did a, uh, a video, a VHS video, which is funny to think about, but a, a video of them, you know, just playing some shows and touring and all that. And you got to kind of see how they were. And then when you got, when we actually met them several times, you know, backstage or whatever, uh, it was, it was like, yeah, these are just, you know, down home guys. They just do their thing. They're like very blue collar, but very, you know, dedicated to the craft and, and uh, just love rocking out. But God, it, something about the the rhythm, I don't know, the rhythm and that those guitar licks just so spoke to me. And man, to have that man in my car, you know, and mm-hmm. taking him to get tat, a tattoo or whatever. That was just, that was definitely a highlight. It's just so random, you know, it's just so random. Oh, hey, you know, he likes your friend's tattoo. He he's drunk right now because it's after the show or whatever. He wants to get some of that. Okay, uh, be here tomorrow so we can go and get him one. Okay, you know it's like what I don't know. It's just, it's just the most random kind of stuff.
1: But and, and this was but, before cell phones, dude. Like people, people right? People, people don't. I don't know if they caught what you you said, but you drove Dimebag Daryl from Cincinnati to Dayton before there was cell phones, and he had a roadie with him. And we go right. to we go to East 3rd Street in Dayton and go to um, Glenn Friesen's Tattoo, uh, which I forget what, what he called his tattoo shop. East, East Dayton Tattoo. East Dayton Tattoo. Uh, when it was on 3rd Street, it's not there any longer. It's on Smithville. Um, but to go there and to have that experience of him being there, especially in the scope of history, to look back on history now, and just at that time... Dude, I used to spray paint my bumper. Panted like when the show was coming to Harrow Arena and they were playing right. with Skid Row. I remember, I had a wooden bumper on my Cutlass Supreme that I got from Matt, and I spray painted spray painted the bumper. And yeah, I remember that. Just making flyers and putting flyers in the local record stores. Oh shit, dude! What record stores do you remember around that time? At around that time, that you like to go to around the Dayton area
3: um the names are gonna well okay wait a minute what's Dingleberries? that definitely comes
1: to mind yeah the one in centerville because some listeners might hear it and they go the one in yellow springs did you ever go to the one in yellow springs
3: um i don't know if i went there maybe once but but i i i don't recall i mean i'm my recent memory actually uh of yellow springs shops are are different than Dingleberry's. No, I did go to that one at least once, yeah. But uh the Centerville show the shop, um some of those shops down on Brown Street. Um you Trade, know like Trader Sec- Vicks, do you remember Trader Vicks and Second Time Around and you know I mean we you and I really was listening to music. Um of course when I was a kid, I listened to my brothers and sisters because I was born uh much later, the surprise child per se what my uh friends call me but or my parents sorry not friends anyway
1: who influenced your music style
3: so this is this is funny when when uh i was a kid uh my brother tim he had went off to the navy and he left uh music equipment at the house he had uh it's like realistic was the brand i think it was radio shack but anyway he had a record player speakers you know an amp you know, whatever, and and all this stuff. And so, and then also my sister, I think, had some records or whatever. Anyway, these things were left over in our house. They were just sitting out there. They were sitting out there in a family room that we didn't really use. You know, we had a TV room and then we had a family room. So I would go out there in this family room and I would just go through these records and, you know, look at the pictures and, oh, yeah, you know, of course, you know, records are big and they're fun. And you, if, if you're like five or six or eight or whatever I was, It's just really impressionable, the art, you know, and I've always loved album art, you know, I think you do too. And it's like, that just speaks to me so much. Like, not only are you making a, a creative work, you know, for sound, but then you're also, you know, you are representing it with this visual, you know, um, Picture or, or a series of pictures or, or whatever you know so i always found that interesting um but early early on i'll be honest it was the saturday night fever soundtrack nice, um
1: nice i love that soundtrack
3: that and hooked on classics hooked on classics was like taking a disco beat and then putting but but with classical music and then it transitioned from one popular music classical music song to another very quickly with, you know, so they only played like a minute or two of a song and it would transition into almost like girl talk. I mean, girl talk really is kind of like the modern version of what I was listening to, you know, hooked on classics or whatever. And, and then, uh, the, the Saturday Night Fever, uh, soundtrack. So those two things, it's funny because I listened. And then of course there were all, there were seventies, you know, uh, rock, uh, you know, like Boston, various blah 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 whatever and and uh just all kinds of other kind of records left over there but um in the early 90s when i started going to the palace club all that came back to me because during during the i mean the 80s i would record stuff off the radio you know like the the pop station or whatever and that was tapes uh or cassettes and and so I, I listened to a lot of pop music that way, but once I really started buying my own music, it was definitely the hard rock and metal with you guys. Uh, I was really into that. But then something happened to me, and when I started, when I went to the Palace Club in '93, I think it was, and um that beat hit, and I think it was like Underworld. You know, Cowgirl is the one that always got me to get up and dance, but. I, I somehow it pulled back that experience of me being five or six or whatever, and uh, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack and the Hooked on Classics. And It's like I get this. It's it's you know it's the rhythm. It's it's the it makes you move. It actually influences your body to move. And I think that's what I liked about metal a lot, like being in the pit and everything. Just the, the rhythm of that uh, sound, just. It, makes you want to move it takes those shoulders you know that you're shrugging down and lifts them up and then you start to kind of go in a a motion with that and that's that's i don't know that's just that's fantastic so so yeah to answer your question i guess it was it was that was very influential i don't know where the the hard rocker or metal kind of appreciation came from i think um there was some other you know like lighter rock records you know hanging around but I don't know. I think just being a young male and you, you know, you have a lot of, you know, aggression built up because obviously you're not, because you're young and you don't know any better. And you, you, you really, the, the whole puberty thing and testosterone and all that is raging inside you. And you just, you're not able to comprehend it. Like you can as a 30, 40 year old man, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing <laughs> that that you don't realize. And, and uh, what I'm trying to say is is that – I don't even know what I'm trying to say, dude. I will say this, though. Last night, I was with friends, and we were playing Cards Against Humanity. I have to tell you the story before I forget.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Playing Cards Against Humanity on my uh, neighbor friend's um, back porch, screened in, lovely, overlooking a lake. Fireworks going off. We're having a good time. It's been a long day. I, you know, tend to if I've drank a bit or overindulged a little bit, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take a little nap, a little siesta, little you know, little thing. So I started to do that right in the middle of this Cards Against Humanity game. And anybody that knows Cards Against Humanity knows what I'm talking about. It's it's a fun game. It's hilarious. If you've never played it, you should. Um, so I just start to doze off. But I'm sitting up and I'm still, you know, kind of upright. And they're like, wow, okay, that just happened. So they continue without me. And they're like, man, should we check on him? Because, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, he's fine. He's fine. Then out of the blue, I wake up and I just start speaking German. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I say like two or three sentences in German. Now, I don't know any German. What? I my my father's mother um which i can't remember her first name right now uh, i it just this my grandma but she was very very german and um you know she used to talk with her sisters uh in german and when my dad was little you know on the farm in indiana you know they'd be talking german and all that but he he doesn't really know much and and so i know nothing i'd love to learn so um yeah so i just did that and then i i did that I said, you know, it ich behind blah, 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 whatever. And they were like, what? And then I like put my head back down and I went back to sleep and they were like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so I, I, I'm playing the game. I pass out, they laugh like five minutes later, I wake up out of the blue and I just speak these German lines, which I wish somebody recorded it because I don't know what the hell I said. I don't recall it. And, um, and then I went back to sleep. So, yeah
1: that's crazy dude
3: I know and that's they, they said they had never laughed so hard because I don't know I, I was trying so hard to to get my point across but I
1: didn't know what
3: the hell I was saying it's like what
1: are you listening so, to any uh speak German while you're sleeping Any like
3: no not at all oops, oops sorry hey no I listen to um actually when I'm sleeping I listen to this binaural thing have you ever
1: heard of binaural audio yeah dude yeah when i when i, when I was uh adjusting to my third shift when i first started working at, i would listen to that trying to fall asleep and it, it really helped me
3: so this is a this is a fantastic uh album on spotify called i forget what it's called i have to look it up but binaural something or other but so it has music so but every song is a little bit different but it's mostly chilled and then there's one that's like just ocean waves crashing, and I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. I could listen to ocean waves uh, all night long. But I put that on, and I'll, I'll tell you what, dude, I have had some pretty vivid dreams uh, listening to that. So, man, I'll, I I'll have to. Uh, oh, and then my one neighbor friend that. Um, yeah, she just wrote back cuz I sent her something in German. <laughs> just to mess with her. <laughs> I said, "Uh, hello, do you speak German cuz I sure don't." Uh in in German to her. You know, I had Google Translate do it, whatever. <laughs> but I thought that would make her laugh. Yeah.
1: You know, I went on uh, like I'll go on Reddit and they have um different videos from different country- countries and I love how Google has Anything that's uh, needs translated, like they give you the option to have it translated these days. Oh yeah, right. It's kind of cool. Um, so do you, with with music, you you started talking about transitioning into enjoying a lot of um, uh, more like dance music, and that's the one thing like um, I, I remember that time period uh, that that kind of coincided around when uh, Amy and I first started med- met met when we first met and started dating and you would go, you and Matt and a bunch of you guys would go to the palace club for one and you would go to uh, asylum. the asylum and 1470. Yep. And how a lot of like ministry and some of the more
3: industrial, industrial nine inch nails at yeah. the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You were the first person to really expose me to nine snails. You you Ooh. really got into them when they oh, first yeah. came out. Yep. And um, then I remember when when I was about to have a kid, and we were we were thinking about moving out, and you was like, "Okay, you got to go on one last road trip with me." And we went to uh, Detroit to see Underworld, which was my yep. first. Would you consider them EDM? They're
3: just they're electronic dance music, so I guess you could call it EDM. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of a term is thrown around, but yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah, like whatever EDM is now. You were one of the first people I ever knew to listen to that. Uh, what would be EDM? Like you exposed me to the Chemical Brothers, and you exposed yep. me to Underworld, and a lot of this music that really Prodigy, Prodigy, a lot of music that I had, had, would have never really been exposed to by myself. And I remember, I remember going to Detroit, and I happened to be. It was the first and only time that I did ecstasy, and and uh, did it while I was at that show and just thought to myself, like, for one, to be in Detroit around that time, I know it's rough now, but it seemed rough then. And uh, to, to see them at that show and to to experience that, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Now, were, were you going to raves? Were you doing – I know you were going to the asylum and you were really into a lot of that music, but did you ever go to any of the dance um, – Places and now to transition now i saw the electric daisy carnival on netflix a documentary about that uh, festival out in las vegas have you been to mm-hmm. any of those kind of sh- shows since then and wh- what's been your evolution as a music fan of that kind of music like how did it start well obviously you kind of explain how it started but talk about your evolution being that kind of a music fan
3: yeah that's a great question um, like I was saying to you earlier regarding the, uh, listening to the radio, I got a boombox at some point and that would be, you know, a radio with, uh, speakers and a cassette cassette player recorder. But I got that for Christmas one year. I don't know how old I was. I mean, I was probably 10 or something and I would record the, uh, you know, music off the off the radio and try to pause it right when the DJ started to talk, you know, is like making my own mixtapes or whatever. And I remember the music that really connected with me back then, um, was the new wave and kind of dance stuff. So I think in like Prince new order, I don't know, just stuff during that era that, that looking back that I was recording that I was really, but it, but it kind of left me like where I didn't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Once when I started buying music on my own, uh, initially, I think uh, "Bright Lights, Big City" was a, a definitely influ- influential um, soundtrack for me. That's the Michael J. Fox movie where he's going and clubbing in New York. Um, that video that they played for that—I uh, don't know what it was—but just showing him in the in the whole kind of that environment really kind of said something to me. I think I was like 14 or 15 when we got cable and I saw that video a lot and, um, listening to those songs, like I said, that would record kind of did something to me. I didn't realize it till later. And so I kind of went through that time where, you know, like I, and to be honest, I haven't always been so open-minded. I mean, you, you know me, I mean, you know, the whole Metallica, you know, story with me and, and going to see Alison Chains that that first time or whenever when we did, that I was just so stuck on, uh, uh what's the album? Not Ride the Lightning, but
1: <laughs> uh, Masters of Puppets. Master of
3: Puppets. How I I could I get in this mode where I just couldn't stop listening to it and I didn't want to hear anything else and to the point where I'm just you know wearing it wearing it out and and so I kind of did that with metal for a bit and then. Um, I guess the transition happened, you know, when so I guess Ministry, Night Snails, Skinny Puppy, those kind of groups, I, I heard them out. I think we had went to a band night or something, Palace Club and then and then they maybe played something as a warm up or, or something. I don't know, but um, I, again, it's with the rhythm. So, so those kind of groups had a lot of guitar, crunchy guitar, which I was just a huge fan of, but then they had this kind of beat, you know, in this, in a syncopated beat. And it, it just, again, it make even me talking about it right now, I start to wave my hand and I start to move my upper body. You know what I mean? Just to even describe it to you, you know, I'm very animated as far as I talk with my hands, talking about, you know, um, ministry or somebody from that era, I start to move. So, so that, that, those groups kind of got me onto the bandwagon of, okay, yes, you can have, you don't have to have a live drummer. You can have a machine doing the drums. It doesn't matter, but it's just all about that, that beat, that rhythm. and, And just, is it good or is it not? You know, and that's, that's all, that's all what all music comes down to. It's subjective, but is it good or not to you? And it was good to me. And I don't know why it was speaking to me like that. And uh, then, of course, going to the club, um, the one song that really transitioned me over to the full-on dance appreciation was uh, Cowgirl by Underworld. And um, it was long, it was, it was rhythmic, it was, it was, you know, had like this kind of robotic kind of voice, you know, on on Carl, the, the vocalist, on his whatever. And it just, it was the song that got me out there dancing and where I just did not care. I, you know, there's a saying to uh, dance like nobody's watching or, or something like that, man, that's what I did. Cause I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't concerned about who's thinking, you know, this about me or this about me. It didn't matter. I just was connecting to that sound, that rhythm, that, that vibe, that whatever. And, and when I moved my body in succession with it, that's, that did it for me and it, it lit something up. So I went to several raves and concerts and and things associated with that, uh, genre and, uh, the, the, and the most influential, well, I get a Detroit music festival. I think, uh, it used to be called Detroit electronic music festival. I think it's called movement now. Um, wow. That was, that was amazing. Back in, I think, 2000, 2001, I went to that, um, uh, I don't know when we went to see Underworld. I think that was either late 90s or early 2000s, so okay. we're around
1: there. It was definitely 90, 99, I think.
3: So imagine that. So I go there, and then a year or two later, I go to that Detroit Music Park, and it was free. Ter- what is? So we stayed in the uh, GM building, which is a Renaissance Hotel or whatever, right on Hart Plaza, which is just right on the river across from uh, Windsor, Canada. We stayed right there, and the the big plaza that's that downtown there they it was just it was just free i mean it was amazing um now obviously you have to pay for everything, but yeah, it was free, so you would have families there with little kids and the little kids would be out dancing you know and of course they had several stages and and everybody was man it would, i mean trust me it was. So I think those shows going to the Detroit electronic music festival, which is now movement, uh, those two years, and then coming down to Miami, uh, to the, um, winter music conference and ultra music festival, I think UMC, I don't know whatever it's called. Those, those probably four festival type, um,
1: You there? Hold on, I think I might have lost you.
3: No, no, I'm here, bro. Okay. I'm a, I'm here. So, but uh, I think definitely good. Okay, I think um, Miami, especially because the Winter Music Conference is kind of a thing that goes on for a week where all these DJs you know, come out from from all over the world and they you know preview new music and they play all the clubs and all that. So going to that. And then the, the ultra music festival or whatever is at the end of it, like that week at the end, those probably four years were, were huge. Cause it just, it, again, like you're saying the whole, uh, festival experience, like we did at Ozfest, imagine that in a dance thing. And, um, uh, they do have a EDC that's plays down here in Orlando. I haven't went yet. Um, but I know the, the big one is in Las Vegas and I, I've seen video of that and stuff, but. They do have a smaller one that's down here, but I I just haven't been able to go to it. And that's the thing, funny too, because when I was going to these things and shows or whatever, they were either free or forty bucks or you know whatever. Now it's just the cost because of the popularity, it's astronomical. You know what I mean? It's it's like two, three, four hundred dollars, and it's just like God, why, why? You know, why do you have to rate people like this? This is this is terrible and uh, all that, but. But going to, and and actually I am here in Florida because the influence that Miami had on me. So I think in 05 and 06, um, you know, I was into it really. Everything's going well. And then, so I'm like, okay, we're going to go to uh, Miami. So flew from Dayton to Fort Lauderdale, hung out, went to Miami and stayed in Miami a week. Uh, went to all these clubs and shows and things. And then at the end of it, you imagine going to this big music festival. And it was only one day at that time. Now it's, I think, two days. Um, And just, it was just phenomenal. So again, to this day, I mean, I, I still, I just love to move my body. I love to dance. I love to just feel it. And I love being in a sea of people doing the same thing. And when you look around and everybody is just, it's just, it's just an amazing thing. I don't know how else to describe it.
1: Nah, I know exactly what you mean, man. And you, uh, so
3: what, what and and, and to, to, to circle back because of your experience in Detroit, tell me or tell me not is the maps organization totally on the right path, what they're doing. That's, that's amazing.
1: Oh, most definitely, man. Yeah, and uh what you're ta- what what he's talking about there is the uh I forget what it actually stands for, but it's the group that's using um psychedelics to actually help people like ecstasy with post traumatic stress disorder. And and I can remember taking that and thinking, you know, this could benefit so many people. Um I I didn't have my girlfriend, my wife at the time, uh but I can imagine like that would be an amazing thing to be on when you're on uh when, when you're with another person but i i do think that there's definitely some benefits and i think that kind of a lot of what we experienced with going to the shows and especially i i, I used to really enjoy uh, psychedelics with a lot of those shows like do, doing psychedelics at uh tool and then doing the ecstasy at uh underworld like you you get this experience and a lot of that stuff really helped helped me out of the at the time um talking about edm what what are some of the edm groups that you now listen to and some of the places like uh some of the shows that you've seen since you've been in florida
3: well pretty lights is definitely a uh, a fave when i uh, moved down here i think maybe four or five six months later there's a school down here called university of central Florida. It has a it, a lot of people go to it. Um, and he was actually playing a concert there. Um, you know, I think I moved here in uh, March and then by August he was playing here and this was 2012. Wow. 2012. Yeah. So or was it? 2011? No, it was 2012. Anyway. So he's a, he's a, he's a cat. That's pretty cool. Uh, Derek Vincent Smith. He's out in Colorado um, he's like, a I don't know. He's just, he's, he's really, he's really, really cool. His girlfriend is like a photographer and she's very creative. And, and so I really, really had a good time with that. Uh, and he, his show rivaled Pink Floyd as far as the amount of lasers at it. I don't think, in fact, he had more lasers than the Pink Floyd show I went to, although the Pink Floyd show. They had these amber or gold lasers, which were amazing that I've never seen before. But his show at the UCF Arena had so many lasers, dude! It was unbelievable. I had such a good time, such a good time, uh, and just grooving and dancing and you know all that jazz. I haven't went to a lot of shows since I've been down here, unfortunately. I mean, I you know I moved down here without a job. I, I did get work finally from a place you know that God, I, I applied. For you know, in North Carolina or whatever. And, and, uh, luckily they, they, you know, called me up, but, uh, I haven't been to a lot of shows since I've been down here. I've, I've done smaller things.
1: Um, didn't you you see girl talk?
3: (laughs) Oh, girl talk in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, you saw girl talk in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Back in the day. So, um, oh, and I saw pretty lights in Ohio too, actually. And Columbus and Cincinnati, I think, a couple times and and Girl Talk uh the same same thing. So so uh Greg Gillis, yeah. It, man, such such good I love I love the Girl Talk style because it's it's mashing up so many different styles. You know, he's gonna have a uh hip hop vocals over uh, you know, a pop song melody with a um you know, something else beat, rock beat or whatever. And it's just amazing. Like, he's such an amazing artist as far as that goes. Uh, Pretty Lights, I don't know how to describe him, but anybody can look him up. I would love to go to Red Rocks and see them play in August, I think, when he's playing. Um, so I, I really want to try to make that happen. I just need to get a ticket. But um, especially Colorado now is just off the chains, off <laughs> yeah, the chains. Yeah,
1: right? Did you, just, did you ever see any shows at Red Rocks?
3: No, no. I actually, when I was out there, I, I've i been out a couple of times visiting my brother. And the first time I went out, uh, Fish were playing, I think, three sh- three nights there. And um, it was amazing because all these hippies were just all over the place, you know, and everybody's trying to get tickets. And, and we had went there, like, on a, I don't know, like a Thursday or, or Wednesday or something. And, and so you can walk around Red Rocks. It's just like a, you know, like a park or whatever. Um, you can totally walk around all of it, you know, the stage, all all of it. I mean, you can just totally walk around it, but then when the concerts come, then it's all, you know, blocked off. And, and, uh, I just remember lines and lines. So we went to it on, uh, when there wasn't a concert going. And then the next day, I think we went to, and the town is called Morrison. I mean, you know, an amazing, and it's like this little Western town, like on the foothills of the, uh, the, the Rockies, you know, there in, in golden Colorado or whatnot. And, um, and it's just, it's just a really cool spot. So uh, there was just cars and cars and, and I've never seen so many VW buses, you know, it was basically just a deadhead show, but the, you know, fish was playing. Uh, I did not go to it. I didn't have tickets or anything, but uh, I'm sure it was probably amazing. And and so the pretty lights, uh, you know, ensemble or a group or, or Derek Carter, he plays there um at least once a year and uh it's oh, i'm sure it's, it's quite an event um but as far as anything else i've been to down here not not nothing more maybe some european dj's i've caught or or even uh some uh, west coast dj's i've caught like at clubs and things like that um smaller clubs or, or clubs around here and and what but that that's really about it yeah
1: yeah man yeah, I, uh, I've always appreciated the fact that uh, you were the first person that I ever learned about that kind of music, and is it like you, you're you're you always come into mind whenever I watch a documentary about it or I listen to something, and, and now to see kind of how you, you listen to a lot of top forty music, and how a lot of dance music is really taken over, a lot of dance, hip hop, and a lot of stuff that like kid cuddy and a lot of stuff out there is really influenced by a lot of uh what came before and a lot of what came before like you were the very first person i ever discovered any sort of electronic music um that i became aware of so i I always thought that was cool man oh Uh, right on so, hey, we're we're about an hour anyway, and uh, this is, uh, in fact, when we're done recording this, I'd like to do a proper intro to add at the beginning, because um, we didn't do a proper intro. I just started recording, and then we just, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, I, so I'm going to have you back on. You, you're a great guest to kind of, um, you're a great guest to talk to because you you're my friend, but it's awesome to look back and hear a different perspective on shows or a different perspective on, on things. And I think you're, you're, you'd be a great dude and this sounded great. So, um, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, I, I didn't even think you were going to give your Instagram like you gave in the middle.
3: Oh, I don't even know if it was net. Uh, it was legible. Like I, I was like fumbling the words and whatnot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it it was, but I, like I, I didn't, I, like I never even introduced you at the uh, beginning of the of the recording. We just ran with it, but um, but anyway, let, let's wrap this up and then we'll do a proper beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, so go ahead and let people know where they can, where they can find you, and uh, let people know. Uh, like I know you're big on Instagram. If there's some people that people should some inspired records that people should recommend as far as like to follow and music out there since you listen to uh music that doesn't really get played a whole lot on on the podcast uh if there's anybody out there who's like finally he's got somebody that's talking about edm like is there anybody that you're listening to now that you're like you guys should definitely check this out
3: oh shoot dude that's so (laughs) open-ended
1: i know it is
3: (laughs) all right let's uh step back okay yeah totally you can find me on the interwebs Guess what? I'm not on Facebook, so screw y'all. But I do utilize uh, Twitter just as a kind of a news feed. And I do post a picture from Instagram here or there. Uh, and that's at Jason Dub. And then my Instagram is at Jason Dub. And that's J S U N D U B. As far as recommendations, God, I mean, I have a Spotify playlist that's 300 plus deep that just ranges, you know ranges from all kinds of things. So I I really can't, I really, really, really can't bring to mind anything right now. I mean, I I don't know, just, I I just don't know. Um, And what was the other thing you asked the, Oh, as far as recommendations on Instagram, just look at at who I follow on Instagram. And uh, so like probably a third of the people are, you know, just people I know personally and it's whatever, but then there's some people on there that post, amazing stuff that is just man it's just inspiring to look at there's some guy that i think is uh he says follow the world around me see Bizarros or something like that um he just posts these crazy crazy pictures from brazil and indonesia and and all this stuff and it's just like ah, oh, it's just so inspiring you know it just not only does it want to make you take better pictures or, or edits or whatever it also just makes you think god the world's a a beautiful big place and and um you know we work too much you know we 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 need to get out there and just experience it and like you were saying earlier um you know we were going to shows prior to the whole cell phone kind of thing because you know you were in the moment you know and i think a lot of people should you know focus on trying to be in the moment as much as possible sure take a quick pic take a video whatever but then really be in the moment you know for that that experience. Cause that's, that's what it's all about. Life is about experiences and connections. Yep. Everything else, you know, goes by the wayside, but it's all about our experiences and our connections to one another. So
1: it is true. It is true. Um, yeah. well, Hey guys, go, go check out the dot rock.com. Go follow me on social media at the easy rock. And, um, I'm going to end this podcast with a little bit of Izzy's homegrown, which is featured on fizz button, mad town, uh, every Wednesday, You can listen to, on FizzButton.net, the Rock Request Wednesday show from FizzButton Madtown. Uh, I feature two songs, or one band, two songs. Uh, Two bands, one two songs, or one band, two songs. Yes, that's it. And so I'll add that, and uh, it'll be bands from Dayton, or the Dayton area. So if you want to check that out and go like them, go give them a... um, Give them some attention on social media. That would be great. But uh, here is that now.
0: From my garden, brother. Homegrown. Mm. Thank you very much. They're going to homegrown.
1: what's up everybody welcome to this edition of izzy's homegrown featured at the end of tells from the hard side podcast and on fizzbutton.net on wednesday for the rock request wednesday show hosted by bad andy the two bands i have for you today that i want to i want to play for you are one band you've heard before if you've listened to izzy's homegrown It's a band that got a lot of great reception when I played them last time. And they're a band called The Loveless. I want to play a song called Hellbound Track, featured off their album Born Weird, which I went and I found a pretty good review at reviewsbyslam.blogspot.com. He says, very late in 2012, the young upstarts The Loveless released a self-titled EP It was a release that that sadly was missed by many outside of Ohio. The EP is pretty damn good, and those who heard it, for the most part, loved it. Killer Psychobilly, and you just knew the band was going to get better. Sometime later, the song Mean Green surfaced, and this time the band started to get some major interest. Now in 2014, he wrote it in 2014, the band has finally dropped their debut album. This time, they aren't going to go under the wire. Born Weird is... Let's just say a slobber knocker. Hell yeah. Clocking in with a whack of psycho rockers that lean slightly more towards psycho than punk and this puppy has more than enough bite to satisfy. We get 12 tracks including a bonus cover of Sonic Reducer. Highlights include Mean Green, King Greaseball, Speed Demon, and the cool Devoured by Ants. The Loveless come off here as a band that's ready to step it up This is a lean and mean outfit that is on its game. If you're looking for aggressive and hard rock and roll, Born Weird is a surefire pickup. Recommended. I agree with this dude who uh, gave that review. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, so let's, let's play this. Let's play some Loveless. Let's play The Loveless with the track off the album Born Weird called hellbound track track i have for you is a band that i featured on the gym city podcast they were one of the bands that actually came to the recording studio here studio the recording area in my garage um called the cosmo dome where i record my podcast where i'm recording this right now and they were really cool guys and and i really enjoyed doing a podcast with them and they opened me up to this whole scene that's going on in the troy and dayton ohio area that has mixed these independent hip-hop guys who are part of the whole psychopathic records the whole juggalos thing and they have their own kind of scene that they've built from that and it's kind of cool to watch without judgment to see how hard these guys work uh I got a friend named J-Ro who has Alliance Records, and this dude is one of the hardest workers. Uh, you guys might not like ICP or the Juggalos, and I can't say that I've listened to any, of, uh, any albums from those guys uh, in many, many years, probably since the 90s, but I am fascinated by communities, and I am fascinated by what draws people to a community a community like the Grateful Dead, or a community like Fish, or a community like Insane Clown Posse, like the ICP, and there's a group called Twisted that my friends in Alliance Records are actually bringing to the Dayton area in October at this place called Oddbodies. And I guess Twisted is this huge band in that in that genre of music. Well, menace to sobriety is is a six-member group that began in the winter of 2004, and their unique sound is best described as a crossover blend that mixes hardcore, hip-hop, and punk rock. Whether it is face-melting breakdowns or extraordinarily groovy riffs, Menace to Sobriety takes it to an entirely different level with their integration of the three genres. Each member contributes their own distinct style to the mix, creating the flavor that is Menace to Sobriety. Though Minister Sobriety has been 100% self-promoted, the group has quickly built a dedicated fan base throughout the underground. They have performed across the country and played many well-known venues such as the Al Rosa Villa, the Whiskey Agogo, the Ritz, and many more. Minister Sobriety has even performed at the world-famous Gathering of the Juggalos, and they performed there with uh, for seven consecutive years. They've shared the stage with artists such as Ice Cube, ICP, Twisted, Boba Flex, Prozac, Rehab, Ice T, ABK, Powerman 5000, Head PE, King Spade, Dead by Wednesday, Blaze, Busta Rhymes, DJ Clay, Mushroom Head, Potluck, Big Hoodoo, RA the Rugged Man, Big B, Vanilla Ice, Psycho Stick, Cottonmouth Kings, Tech Nine, and more. I wanna play a track from, from them called It Never. So let's play let's play it It Never. And by the way, you can go check out the Loveless The Loveless Six Six Six. Just Google that. Uh, menace to Sobriety, you can go to menace two, the number two, sobriety.net. Guys, go check all of these bands out that I play on Izzy's Homegrown. I appreciate all the music that they they make and Please go check it out. Go buy it. Go see these guys if they're in your area and uh, tell them Izzy sent you.
2: Do you like guys with beards? Um, sometimes. Sometimes? What about bald heads? Most of the time. What if there are guys with beards and bald heads with just deep rivers of blue eyes that just say, I love you? I tend to marry them. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if they're just a genuinely good dude, too? Um, uh, I just friend them. Befriend them? Not Befriend them? Not friend them. Not friend them? That sounds like a Facebook thing. What about thing. be friendly with them? Not too friendly. Not too friendly? I don't know. Well, the Izzy Rock meets those requirements. He's bearded. He's bald. He's got those deep rivers of bluey bluey eyes. You mean he's got triple Bs? Yes, triple Bs. <laughs> 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 and he's got a couple podcasts that he does. I knew that. Yeah. Tales from the Hard Side. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On the block with his bestest friend ever, Scott Epic. Mm-hmm. And then he also produces the Gem City podcast, which is a local, like, artsy-fartsy type podcast in the Dayton, Ohio area. So, well, who knew? I know. I, I basically what I'm trying to say here is he's a good guy. You should go listen to him. Give him a, give him a shout out. And if you like his stuff, you know what? Subscribe to him on iTunes. Also, you can leave him a comment, rate, review, and subscribe, people. We'd appreciate it. And so would he. Yes, yes, he would. Oh, he's a, he's a dad too. So the Bad Parenting Podcast loves the fact that he's a dad. So that helps out. Dads are great. Dads are great. Two cool sons. See, good dude. Reason, good kids. We need more people like him. I agree. So, yes, yes. listen, listen to it is shit. It's awesome. Agree again. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Redmoth
3: LLC is a local company with a firm belief in community and the cooperative spirit, releasing both music and film in the Dayton, Ohio area, along with other national releases. Redmoth LLC is funded solely by the artists associated with the company and with the support of local listeners like yourselves. You can find out more about us by going to www.redmothrecords.com. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Red Moth LLC, and you can find us at Twitter at redmoth
0: underscore records. If you would like to donate to the cause and help support a local company, go to www.gofundme.com slash redmothllc and join the Red Moth Survival Initiative.